Welcome to the Nonprofit <laughs> Podcast. There's no Mark Twight here today. Uh, we have Michael there's, Blevins. There's no profit here today. <laughs> Joe Holmes and Billy. I always pronounce your last name wrong. Innes. Innes, a.k.a. Billy the Kid. I was born on the same day as Billy the Kid. Of course no you shit. were. Yeah. Found that out. I couldn't really? believe it. Yeah. November 23rd. Do you think about that when you ride? Are you like, I'm an outlaw? I kind of wish I had a six-shooter a lot of times, <laughs> <laughs> especially lately. It's <laughs> fair. Was he really that bad of an outlaw? Or I was hope he, so. I mean. Just legend has it. It seems like he's like a Jeff Bezos character. Oh, Uncle Jeff. Yeah. Uncle Jeff. <laughs> but I mean, Uncle Jeff Uncle has all Jeff the toys. Uncle Jeff and Billy the Kid. <laughs> but I mean, Uncle, Uncle Jeff hasn't paid taxes legally, so I mean, who's the real outlaw? Yeah. Oh, very true. Like Fair the enough. 2020 version of it. Running, running away from yes. his financial responsibilities. That corporate tax law is oh, nice. God. You guys should get that. You got to make money though to have that. There's you? that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't really qualify for that. I think <laughs> there's like that, like the bottom third. Maybe it's not a third where like if you don't make enough money, you get all these tax breaks. Yeah. Then there's that middle, middle. which yeah. feels like 80 percent that pays all of the taxes. Right. And then I think they call really that bracket anal rape. Bracket in the <laughs> Is that what you said? It's dead in the like yeah, it's it's dead in the center where most people are are making a living. Yeah. That's where that's where the rape happens. <laughs> it's it's unreal to me. But I the the funny thing is like I'm not obviously we're fairly I mean, we own our own businesses, so it's not like we're against a capitalist sure, you know, situation. You are the backbone of America. Yeah. So we, it's been said. We are. It feels like the anus of America. Because <laughs> yeah. you can't fuck a backbone. Yeah. <laughs> I would be uncomfortable. <laughs> the, the very lower backbone. Yeah. It's just, just the, the lumbar of the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, enough people have back problems. I guess that's the. <laughs> like, I tweaked my SI joint. It feels a lot like owning a business. You yeah. just wake up kind of shitty every day and then it gets worse. You're like, I feel really good today. And then you get out of bed and see that there's something from the city tax collector in your mail and you're like, never mind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just even the like, I wrote a check to the IRS for one of our companies and it was like, it was a large amount that makes you like, it, it's like gut checking. Where the whole like, time, every letter you're like, do I have to do this? Yeah. How do like, I get out of it? these people. And then you're finally done signing your name and you're like, God damn it. Well, we filed and then I mailed it like five days later. Right. And then I got a letter in the mail yesterday just demanding the same amount. Ooh. But it was like, it's due by no, it was like this big warning thing. And I already wrote the check for it, but the number was different. So all night I'm like having a panic like, attack is it, about is it whether- actually something different? Yeah, or? but it really, I just already, I wrote the check with the fees included into it, imagining that it would be late. And then if I wasn't, then they would send me my money back, but I'd rather have that than to have yeah, to yeah. write them another check. And so I just, it was just like, I know I'm okay, but I still like panic attack. Did, like, sure. did you just make the assumption that if you overpaid the government, they would give you money back? They generally do. They write you a check for like 13 cents. It's the most right. yes. insane fucking thing ever. And then when I was writing, I was like, oh, cool. I just paid a hundred times more than what Trump did. Yes. Yeah. 
theoretically, <laughs> as far as we know, as far as the New York Times knows. Yes, yeah, according know. to all all information that's out there. Yeah, we got to check back. Do recently. you know what My I'm wife try? and I got something, and it was like, oh, we got money back from taxes, and it was like we with 13 cents we had overpaid, and they literally sent us a check for 13 cents, and I was like, cool. You know, it's not even worth my what time I, to deposit this. Yeah, I'm like, so we, I framed it. Yep. I, I have two oh, ideas. That's the right response. Two ideas came out of this. I was like, if they're going to ask me about my taxes, can I pretend that I get COVID-19 and they'll leave me alone about my taxes like they did Trump? Mm. Or you claim you're should under I audit. try to get COVID-19 and then cough on the check and send it? <laughs> I, no, I would get COVID and then be like, I think we should do this in person. And I get it. I don't I, understand. I totally this get it. Like, people are just doing their jobs. It's not their fault. But the SS also used the same excuse. Mm, there's that. <laughs> I just followed orders. <laughs> oh, okay. Exactly. Just so we're fair, we have an IRS person who works here. <laughs> And when it works out yeah, here, it works out here. Oh, and so she trains with us and I didn't know she was an IRS agent. And after I found out, it was like every session got that much worse. <laughs> like we're going to make her pay. It's good. She kept her job because I know right? It, they, a lot of them have been eliminated. How is that possible? Uh, well, it's the whole big government thing. I mean, so I, we'll I agree get rid they're of not that essential, part of the government. And yeah. then the rich people are very happy because they can't get audited. I mean, I'm okay with that. So everybody has cases, to continue but... to pay taxes, yet somehow they downsize the IRS. Correct. Interesting. It's funny what's <laughs> essential. I mean, there's still street sweepers. You know, that word, <laughs> so that word, when they came up with that, Joe and I were talking about this the other day, that was so loaded. It was, oh, yeah, you know, sure, and yeah. all these people were like, what do you mean I'm not essential? Yeah. And it just was, it was horrible. Like the whole wording and the whole, I mean, this whole, the whole messaging behind this whole thing. But that's how delicate humans are. And it's like, if you can't, if you can't designate your own importance, there's something wrong Mm -hmm. with, with your journey or whatever you want to call it, your, your life experience. If it's dictated by somebody else's ranking of your importance, something is going like totally wrong. Your mind can't deal with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Trump's president, so we can argue that job is not essential. Very true. For sure. That's still going. I mean, he yeah. can he can tweet and not be president. He's really good at it. That is, it's kinda, <laughs> and, and there's him. Like he's he's the easy one to kind of pick out. But then there's like the whole administration. There's the administration before him. Like how much is of this of what's going on is essential? What's essential to life? Like what is essential? I, I mean, because yeah, the shit question. that's happening now is not essential. Have you seen that David Attenborough special? No, is that you on Netflix? Yeah, it's so good. Except, is that stand-up? No, no. David Attenborough is the... Uh, he's a 93-year-old guy that does all the voiceover for all those nature shows. Oh, no shit. Uh, you know, you'll oh, hear his, his voice. voice is amazing. Oh, yeah. it's so good. He's, he's the, one of the most soothing voices yes. on the planet next to Morgan Freeman. He basically went back. He's like, I was James born in like 1937, and here's what's happened to the world since I've been alive. Yeah. And it just oh, shows like deforestation, yeah. how the population almost tripled, like all of the... And he's been doing nature shit ever since the beginning like in the 50s he was going down to papua new guinea meeting like you know traditional hunter gatherers um other than the fact that there's a huge like plant-based fucking propaganda thing based into it yeah other than that like it's a really fascinating look at like how shitty the world is yeah and like what kind of damage we've done to it we're really good at that. Why does yeah. that keep happening? We're like everything has like vegan undertones lately. Not everything, but well, oh, there's a lot of they, it. They they're they're pretty clear about it in the show. They're like 
you know, there can't be 8 billion meat eaters, sure. which is true. True. But they never address the problem of the 8 billion people creating another 8 billion people. Right. Like, we have to talk at some point about controlling, like, g- fucking breeding. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they, I, I think by weight, and this is super fucking crazy if I get the numbers right. Maybe, maybe they're off. But of the animals that are alive, this includes, like, blue whales, all of that shit. Humans make up for 90% of it. 90% of animal weight is in human weight. Hmm. There's 9% of that is in what they're claiming the cattle and the livestock that humans eat. And then 1% of it is wild nature. 1%. 1%. That's fucked up. That's How fucked up. unreal is that? Yeah, but 8 billion up. people, especially when they're fucking obese. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was, was going to say, have those numbers increased dramatically? In the okay, so then run the numbers. So if like the percentage of of people are like sixty percent of them or more are overweight or obese, you're talking about like thirty percent of the weight is right. not necessary. I, I mean, maybe that's how we should look at essential and non-essential. Thirty percent of you is non-essential. <laughs> 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 Definitely one half of my brain is not essential. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's super weird. I don't oh. know. Does See, that affect the planet? Like the way it moves? The gravity? If we all jumped at the same time, what would happen to the earth? I, I yeah, Not that. If we all flushed the toilets at the same time, like, what would happen? Does, does earth have a weight limit? We'd be out of water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, no, but and then seriously, does earth have a weight limit? I don't it has so. to, right? You I, think that like, was the, I think that was the whole story behind the Matrix. You know, because they said that in the Matrix, like that line in the Matrix, oh, yeah. the guy says, like, oh, humans are a virus. They totally sure. are. Yeah, and I remember sure thinking, are. I remember watching the movie in the theaters and I was like, oh, like that's actually very true. <laughs> but we're like the only animal that's getting bigger, right? Yeah, blue whales like aren't a getting any way, But like, yeah. you don't see animals the size they were like 200 years ago. Right. Well, we killed them all and we ate them. Mm. Sure. Except for the giant squid, which you can't find. Right. Except when they wash up on beaches. But yeah, it's, I mean, <laughs> they're hiding. They're like, those, think this. about all the, like the rate of extinction is through the roof right now. Yeah. Except I mean, for us. Except for I us. I know. And then we bitch because, you and know. And then we bitch. And then we bitch about it. We're like literally killing off species of Everything. animals. And like a 1% of us are dying from a virus and it's all we fucking care Dude, about. There's only mm. 30% of natural wild forests left. Oh. In 1950, there was 66% was left. And now it's like cut in half 50 years later. You're like, and another 50 don't, years will probably be fucking well, zero. Well, if people don't realize how important that is to the entire system. Like, and, and the weird part is and you could they could claim all they want about like meat eating on the show, but they go in and show the palm oil forests that have been like, they've taken out the Amazon and planted these fucking hectares and hectares of palm oil. Mm-hmm. Palm oil, yeah. industrial mm-hmm. fucking oil, Perfect. so that humans can get fatter. And that, like, it's a monocrop. It destroys the sure. whole ecosystem. Well, it's Iowa. Yeah. yeah it's all Iowa. corn. Yeah, it's Iowa. It's just corn. corn everything is corn. So there's sweeteners in everything. Yeah. They sweeten they, and high fructose corn syrup. I mean, that's what we've done to our. I mean, I there mean, was forests in Iowa at one point. Yeah. I, this, this is my terrible, like, I guess my viewpoint and makes me a terrible human being. Um, because you hear about something bad happening and I really don't feel bad ever. I, you're like a Kmart exploded and you're like, perfect. Fuck all of those. people. 
Like, get them out of the way. Yeah. Like, a hurricane hits Mississippi, and you're like, thank God it targeted Mississippi. Like, <laughs> all <laughs> of this shit. And it's the same thing with, like, coronavirus. Yeah, it'll affect people that I know. Somebody that I know is going to die, but it's also, like, people that I know are also pieces of shit. They throw trash everywhere. They're mm. fucking obese people. They eat garbage food, and they give nothing back to the earth. They probably deserve it. Even if I, like, give them a high five every once in a while, I'm, hey, I know that person. But there's a lot of people that just don't fucking do it for yeah. the earth. Well, there's anyway. a flip side to every coin. I mean, it's that's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of people forget that. You know, there's always yeah. there's heads, but there's always tails, and yeah. everyone is. You're always struggling with that balance. Yeah, I think you're trying to be a good person. You're trying to do these things, and yet I, you know, I buy all these things from Amazon, so boxes and boxes yeah. and boxes of cardboard show up every day. Oh, so every, many boxes, so many boxes. Yeah, it's so many like stock. giant boxes, and it'll be like boxes, a symbol and then, inside. And then, yeah. the, and then the plastic <laughs> inside yeah. that that it's that amazing. cushions the other box yeah. that's within another box. You're like, it's a Russian doll of cardboard. Yeah. yeah. That's when the, the, you just and know the person inside the warehouse is like, oh, we're messing with this guy. Well, should, I think so. Should my, we order some Russian dolls? I've never worked at Amazon, but my assumption is they have like five sizes of boxes. And it's like whatever it fits in, you put it in. Yeah. Because they well, don't have like. Okay. So back to the like the making money thing. At some point, I don't know what hundred billion dollar mark happens where like a large percent of uh, a large percentage of that money that's being made is also waste like you're using resources there needs to be at some point you're fulfilled i don't know how many you know fucking tons of cardboard that the amazon is going through but it's not an insignificant amount sure at what point do does a company have to become responsible for the waste that they're like providing yeah. well growing up in massachusetts where ge ruined everything i think it was like 30 years after they ruined everything where they're like you guys need to fix this so we'll probably have a state full of cardboard before we're like, "Hey guys, do something with this. You're killing the you're killing the fucking country or the earth." I, I have been I have been repurposing all my cardboard with Target backing. So nice, perfect, <laughs> fuck yeah, perfect. way to go, Jim. Homes recycle, reuse, <laughs> and then practice killing people. Exactly. It's it's been it's been very soothing. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Jeff, for this box. I, I got to order something off Amazon. I'm out of Target. <laughs> Jesus, man, it's really rough. That's right, because that was the plastics division where where you were yeah, in Massachusetts, yep. right? Yeah, because yeah, I knew so a guy. PCBs to, and all the water. Yeah. Or, I used to ride with a guy oh, no who shit. was the plastics. Yeah, yeah. He worked at plastics in GE. Yeah. He used to ride up there, and he. It, I mean, fucking. I don't. I don't know of a family in Mass in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, who hasn't had somebody die of or at least have cancer. That's crazy. And I mean, I can't tie the two together, obviously, but. No, they're really good at separating the two yeah. by just being like, prove it. And you're like, well, it's really hard to show any causation. Corporations are buried. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah. all these people that were like teenagers when they were kids playing in water and playing in dirt, they all die at like 60 from fucking horrible yeah. fucking bouts of cancer. Like, but it's probably not related. Fuck. Oh, and yet man. we buy more plastics from Amazon. Yeah. Man, way to know. kick off the podcast. With <laughs> I know. Some, some awesome. So you guys went and did a bike race. <laughs> No, oh, we did a, no, 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 no. It was not a, a bike race. Oh, it was sorry. a sport touring event that happened to be on gravel. A sport touring <laughs> event. Yes. With 600 what? of our not closest friends. Yeah. Did where, somebody, where did you tour? Did somebody win? <laughs> was there a winner? Theoretically. Yes. Everybody's a winner. The guy that went the hardest and crossed the line the first, apparently, was the winner. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was a fun event. It was actually a lot of fun. It's yeah. just in southern Utah? Yep. It was in Cedar City. Lovely Cedar City. Is it lovely? I've never been there. It's all right. Yeah, it's pretty good actually. It's okay. Yeah, it was nice. I don't as far as Utah did goes. Did you go I to the know. Shakespearean festival while you're down there? Did not. We did not have time. 
Ah. <laughs> and just to get <laughs> out of the way, Billy, you beat Joe, right? I yeah. did beat Joe. Okay. Significantly. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And really? I started dead last. And here's why. I'll tell you why. <laughs> so there was this large neutral <laughs> section. And about halfway through the neutral section, I realized I was going to piss myself. And there's a choke point. Everyone gets off their bikes and walks to this tunnel. And I pulled over after the tunnel. And I was like, I'm going to pee. And then I sat there and I sat there and I was like, I'm going to pee eventually because I had <laughs> stage fright and everyone's going. And all of a sudden I hear the moto, the the, the final moto and then with the official. And he, I look at him, I'm like, am I the last guy? And he's like, oh yeah, brother. I was like, oh God. And I looked up and there's 600 of my closest friends gone up the road. Oh shit. But then I caught Joe. Of, nice. uh, <laughs> yeah. And the last, was it 8K? The last hardest section of the ride. Yeah. 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 Which was very challenging. Because I have zero, along. zero single track skills. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I'm a terrible. I, I like doing it. Like I like writing it, but man, when you see somebody that's good at it, fuck, you're like, I'm not. Yes, I, there. I got passed by a 16 year old on a mountain bike, and I pulled over, and I was like, "Good luck!" And he's like, "Hey, you too!" And he's gone, and I'm like, "You're good." <laughs> to be yeah. fair, when you're that yeah. young, you don't really have the the right fear mechanisms, right? Because they're still place. on their yeah. parents' insurance, it, so it, they're <laughs> well, they, yeah. they just haven't fallen enough to realize. True. I or just they're kept, so young when they do, it doesn't actually hurt yeah. anything. Yes, because I was riding every sharp rock. I'm like, going to kill me, going to yeah, kill yeah, me, going to yeah, kill yeah, me. Pretty yeah. much. I'd be like, oh, that would hurt. Oh, that would hurt. Yeah. That would hurt. <laughs> see, see the tree, be the tree. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I was into the tree a couple of times. Oh yeah. My God. But it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. The how, cleanup was amazing. I had to wash bikes often. How nice. long did it take you guys? Just under, just under five yeah. hours. Was it yeah. 78 miles? Is that what it yeah. was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gross. We did technically the wafer yeah the wafer not the, the, the waffle, waffle. Oh. which was 128 i believe which and those guys did it i think yeah yeah and they did it in six like the top guys did Bigger it in guys. six whoa we're Former there, world uh, tour pro yeah peter stetna and uh keegan swenson who's a mountain biker just came back from mountain bike worlds what a good name <laughs> yes um <laughs> did they sell waffles there they give them to you oh in the beginning did you get a waffle or a wafer uh Actually, we just we just got out of there afterwards, and we had beer. We had beer. We had we beer in our Airbnb, which I was really psyched about. You're so, like, yeah. fuck waffles. I need alcohol. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't really, didn't really. The, Bill, Bill, out. and I are you, like, we go to enough bike races that we don't need to hang out at bike races yeah. after. Fair enough. Or like, bike events. Yeah, bike events. Yeah. Not like, even, not even for a waffle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now, now you make me feel bad. So, I'm just no, I didn't. Did you get? Bacon? But they provided amazing stuff, and I, the event was a lot of fun. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. give them props for that. Cool. Yeah. A lot of people partook. I did not. I had beer at the I had beer at the house. We, we had beer at the house, and we were like, "We're out." Fair enough. Did run into a former athlete, actually, two former athletes when I was there. So that was really fun. It was good to catch up with those guys. No, yeah. so yeah, you've had a change in occupation. Yeah. I was gonna say, can you explain former? Uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah. It's been an interesting year, <laughs> along with a pandemic. <laughs> uh, oh Jesus! Got into some issues with the internet, with social media, and uh, my former company did not like that so i was given an option to resign or be fired and so i chose i was gonna say what well, what was the option but yeah there you go those are my options yeah so it's unfortunate but yeah it was good to run into those guys though that's still you know they have both said to me they're like what happened and i'm like great question <laughs> not really sure told yeah. the truth on the, twitter and that didn't go well happened the internet happened yeah cancel culture or whatever you want to say i ask what the truth on twitter was because i have no idea ah uh, yeah, so there was a an athlete, uh, an athlete of color who, right after the week after George Floyd had gotten shot, he posted something on on Instagram, and it was his story about how he was never selected for the national team. Um, the crazy thing was like a former athlete that had come through my program 
his mother threw me under the bus on the comment section and said, why don't you answer this? Or why don't you explain this? We're tagging me in right. it. I ignored it the first time. And then the second time she tagged me again, along with a, another coach, a uh, former coach that was around. And uh, so then I, I posted on Twitter. I said, last time I checked, I don't put 30 year olds on the national team. He's not 30, you know, and I sort of reacted. Yeah. And, uh, and then that hit the fan. Apparently I'm racist now, which <laughs> I, was, I was really confused about. Right. Um, anyway, so then that happened. And then there was like my boss at the time, you know, he texted me. He's like, you really stepped in it. And I was like, Oh yeah. I realized that, you know, I, uh, deleted my deleted that tweet um but it was like all over the internet with screenshots and everything like that yeah, it just yeah, got it blew up once sure. it's on the internet it never yeah it never away. dies and um yeah so it was just it, it just ran like wildfire and i was a, a little bit confused um so anyway i ended up calling the athlete and uh talked to him for for a while we had a great conversation he's a really really great kid and then he asked me what i did at usa cycling <laughs> and so <laughs> for all the people that were commenting on that, calling me vile shit and telling me that I was a shit for not being inclusive. And I was a racist cause I never took this athlete. He didn't know what I did. So how could I have been that coach? Right. And also <laughs> Billy wasn't even the coach at the time that this particular athlete no. was a junior. It was another individual. So it's the world we live in right now is you're guilty yeah. until proven different. Guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's You're not guilty. innocent. Because yeah. once it happens, like the part of your career that like that's tarnished, that's gone. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, I didn't do these things, but. Yeah, it was, re I really struggled with it. Obviously, I mean, I still am not yeah. going to lie. It's been, you know, I didn't, haven't slept since June, really. It's been, I'm not going to lie. It's been really traumatic. And, and you still I really... beat Joe in a race. Keep going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's not a hard thing to do. I mean, but I, I loved my you know, I loved my work. It wasn't yeah. even work. You know, I just, I loved it. And you know, the thing I, I kept thinking to myself, I was like, well, the, the downside to being in a position for so long, as long as I have like nine years, people think you've been there forever. And then I had other athletes. So the, the world champion from last year, uh, Quinn Simmons, like he chimed in and was d trying to defend me. Um, that didn't go well. So then he got labeled a racist because he was trying to defend me. And then it added credence to the, just added, uh, you know, validity to the fact that I was the coach, but I wasn't. So I had to explain it to him. I'm like, hey, man, I wasn't the coach at the time. Like, you can't keep, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It was like, yeah, this, just like muddy in the water. Yeah, a it's bit just with, like no one, you know. Yeah. So, at the, so at the time, like, I only ever knew this athlete as a U23 because there were a couple of years where I was, I was a contractor for USS Lincoln, but I didn't select the teams. I wasn't really given full control until like 2012. 2013 when I was made an employee. And so that's when I had full control and autonomy of, of selecting mm -hmm. athletes and bringing them before that the teams were selected and I just kind of dropped in as a director, as a coach. Right. right. And so, you know, I, I only knew this athlete really as U23. And, and so when I was talking to the athlete on the, on the phone, he's like, Oh, this is a huge, this is just a big misunderstanding. And I was like, you know, in my, I didn't say anything cause I was, yeah. but on, on, in my head, I'm like, all you have to do is name the coach. Like if you have a problem with the coach that didn't select you, like just name him. Like I would expect if I did anything wrong, like if I did anything wrong in front of you guys, you'd be like, Billy, what the hell, man? Like call me out on it, be accountable. And I would right. have been. And I, I kind of wish that he had named that coach instead of just, sure. <laughs> but it, so it just rolled and it got really out of hand. And then I was given an option. And then they told me that I was told that I, you know, I threw 
I, I put the company in a bad light because it just got out of hand. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm still a little bit confused because I was told from, pe- from people inside the company, they were like, well, you didn't say anything wrong. Right. You didn't lie. You didn't say anything racist. And I was like, but here I am sitting on my couch with like, <laughs> and the crazy thing is like, we were all right about to be furloughed. So because of the budget cuts and because of COVID, there's yeah. no bike racing, there's very sure. little yeah, revenue yeah. coming in. And it's, it's, it's been hard for the company. And I feel really bad for the people that work there because they're trying their hardest. Sure. But without bike racing, there's no you know income. And so we were all about to be furloughed that Friday and then brought back theoretically in January. And I'm like, but is anyone going to really re- remember this in January? Like there's so much shit that's happening. Like every day feels like a week. Every week feels like a month. Sure. Is are people going to really remember this? And the fact that I talked to the athlete and have right. got it all straightened out. Of course not. But, but uh, <sighs> like there's no reconciliation towards anything. I, I mean, mm. the internet is basically whack-a-mole for problems. It's yeah. not even specific. It's whoever pokes their head out. They get, I was saying, so yeah, they hit. knocked yeah. you down and like, cool. On to the oh, next sorry. One. Wrong one. But then there's right. no, but but it it would take away from you know their complaining or the, or their gripe if they were to say, hey, by the way, leave this person alone. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're not the problem, and and that's kind of the real problem. Is like who's the problem of any of the like if you're dealing with you know whether it's it's civil rights or whatever it ends up being like. Who exactly is doing the thing? Right. Is it you know by blaming an institution? and an unconscious bias that just is pervasive throughout whatever the dominant race is, you're also not holding anybody accountable, but also blaming who are uh, people who are not guilty of anything. Right. Except for living. Right. It's like the whole the argument against defunding all the police. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, no, yeah, yeah. that's not really smart because you want the police to show up when you call them. And if there happens to be an asshole cop that shows up, like, okay, that's a problem because he's the one. But for the most part, it's the same thing. It's like, you're bl- we're blaming Amazon for certain things. Well, it's like sure. not, not every worker there. Sure. And yeah, that's exactly, what, yeah. you know, and then USA Cycling, of course, gets blamed for a lot of stuff. But, but you know, having worked there, they're a very, everyone is very genuine, very passionate, and they, they're doing the best work they can. But, and it's like you can't throw the entire company under the bus because one official pissed off, pissed you off at the bike race. Sure. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. no, it's that guy well, that... And you, and then also maybe you were the asshole as an athlete, like I was. I'm not going to admit it. There were some certain times that I said some things that I really regret looking back on it now, and I'm like, wow, I was really ahead of myself. Well, you know, I mean, would it, how, just as a feature of like what the utility of USA Cycling or other other organizations that try to put together Olympic teams or mm. you know international teams together to find the best athletes in their nation, how useful is it as a category for selection? to use diversity mm. like i i mean in reality like what are we selecting for do we want people to win athletic events and if we do are, what are we choosing based off of now there's there's politics involved i know usa gymnastics is a fucking shit show mm-hmm. um when it because i've heard so many stories about you know parents that donate that get their kids prioritized there's obviously some corruption at some level where uh, selection processes aren't just for performance, but for the most part, if if the U.S. is not representing a sport based off of like a corruptive pattern, it, it would be sussed out fairly quickly, mm-hmm. right? If you're if we're not showing up on a world stage and show like athletes that can perform, I mean, USA weightlifting's like that. We just don't have the infrastructure to do it, um, and our performances are shit because of it. 
but it's kind of an underfunded, uh, neglected thing. Yes. And the athletes that they that would be good predominantly in that sport, they make more money playing other sports. Right. Like we're talking about athletes that are explosive, um, highly athletic, coordinated, and big. We're like, you're going to play fucking football. Right. You're going to weight lift for $30,000 a year from USA Weightlifting, or you're going to get a $7 yeah. million contract. Or you're going to play football for sure. $30,000 a minute. Yeah. That was the problem with selecting at times. There were, you know, we were trying to get road cyclists into track. Yeah. Um, velodrome, you know, turning yeah, yeah. left, NASCAR. Yeah. And, um, you know, you talk to a road cyclist who's making 100,000 euros a year. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're telling me I need to live at the OTC and literally go to training camps week after week after week. And yeah. just, no. Yeah, why would I do so that? So it's, it, yeah. you, and you find, you will find athletes that do that. But yeah, athlete selection is always, I'm highly aware of it. It's, it's really, really tricky. But, you know, I'm using a razor blade to slice off the very top of the talent pool. Like, sure. are we talking? And that was the thing I was talking about with a journalist one day because she called me and she heard about this and we were talking. I said, every coach wants the talent pool to be more diverse. We just want more athletes. Right. You know, I don't care what pigment anybody is. It doesn't matter to me. We right. want it to be larger. Like we don't have enough. There are not enough cyclists, elite cyclists in this country. We need more of them. So you mm -hmm. need more races, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, there are, there are times that, the team happens to be six white kids. There are times when it happens to be there's Mexican American kids. There are, there are black kids. Like I have pictures. I have Asian kids. Like just, it just depends on yeah. the, on the week, on the month, on the trip, who can go, who, can, who can't go, you know, and this, this whole thing about diversity is like, yeah, well, it's like, well, do you want to talk about the, you know, hundred white kids that I didn't take? Like we, <laughs> we talk about that too, right. you know? And it's like, but they didn't make it because they were or whatever, or they, or they came and then they just never progressed. Like these are, we were talking about before, Michael, it's like these are difficult conversations to have. Like, they are. yes, of course, I want there to be more diversity because we have a very diverse country, but there are also only 350 juniors to choose from. And are they predominantly white? Well, so- Yes, is that the sport? Is it expensive? I mean, these are huge issues that we need to tackle. It's like, yeah, we'd love it to be more diverse, but it's like bicycles are expensive. Things are expensive. Traveling around the country is expensive. I mean, just read yeah. an article about, you know, this woman who was this morning in the Atlantic, it was this woman who's spending like $40,000 a year to get her daughter yeah. to be a better squash player so she yeah. can make it to Yale. Easily. I was like, you've already spent, like Whoa. in two years, you're going to spend the tuition to get to Yale. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> she if better be fucking good. If we're talking about like representing like what the, I don't know, racial landscape of America looks like. First of all, how many people ride by? It's not a popular sport. It's not like a European pastime where mm -hmm. it's like, man, people are really interested right. in yeah, cycling. People ride bikes. Kids people don't are race dreaming. Bikes. Yeah. yeah, kids are not dreaming of being bike racers necessarily. It's very rare. Uh, unless, I, and, you know, older, older people find it later in life because it happens to be something that they can do and afford. Like, uh, it's hard for a kid to afford a $10,000 bike. To sure. race on and that that's like kind of the gold even standard. worse are the parents that think they need to have that ten thousand dollar bike right yeah. exactly which well, and just traveling helmets all like race well, it's, a super, it's a super hard sport to figure out too. it's exactly like, there's no like path into right. it right yeah and then when you look at the feature you're like okay so already it's a rare sport on top of that and then if you do the percentage wise like there's i think last time i checked 13 percent uh african-american population mm -hmm. so given the numbers what does 13 percent look like in a squad of 10 right right like, like we're talking one about and a half people right we're talking about the you know the token black guy that's going to show up on the cycling squad every once in a while but if you're going through a bunch of different teams like how many asians how many like 
starting to account to make it look like it represents America, it's very hard to get it to actually be a performance team True. on top of that. So it's we're we're applying these these things where we think, oh, we need to represent, you know, indiscriminately, which is actually discrimination in itself. It's like if Harvard was gonna, you know, uh, take the best performances, it would be an Asian school. Sorry, like. <laughs> They have to discriminate now. They have to use race as a determining factor because it was it, it would just be all Asian. And so you're like, first of all, does race matter? No. Everybody agrees. That's a really bad indicator of personality and mm -hmm. performance. Why are we still trying to select base off of that? Like if we ignore it completely and pick people based off of you know, performance and maybe some of like economic opportunity might be a thing. Like if somebody is disadvantaged, how do we how do we find a way to provide people from economic disadvantage an opportunity to try some of these things that could actually make them successful? Um, that That's a question worth adhering, but it has nothing to do with race because it affects everybody. Like, right. Yeah. Because you're just trying to you're just trying to make that talent pool bigger and you're yes. trying to get more kids to play sports, and it's, which is, you know, this year is going to be traumatic in the long term because youth sports is over yeah and it's going to be very traumatic i mean there are kids that yeah, that, that i knew sure. that were on their up and up um they're 16 17 years old and they literally have no racing this year and my biggest fear came true where we couldn't do anything in our country in the usa and yet they started racing in europe and i was like oh shit because yeah. every day we're not racing we're falling behind yeah right? we're really good at training which is fine yeah um but the Europeans are really good at racing. And so, I, but that's across, I've talked to a lot of different coaches and it's across all mm. like boxing, for yep. instance, like you can't work out in a gym. You can work out in a gym, but you can't box because of COVID. Yeah. And so a boxing coach was like, holy shit, 10 years from now, like this is gonna be a problem <laughs> in the Olympics. Well, you even know, uh, high yeah, school kids, good. there's a girl that I coached in Connecticut, we stay in touch. It's her senior year of fucking basketball, and she yeah. wants to go to college for basketball. Yeah. And they have no idea if there's a basketball season. Right? Yeah. Not and I mean, she did like it. She had a decent junior year, and I don't know, like, obviously those schools are going to need kids because people are going to move on and graduate, but I don't know yeah. what that looks like for trying to recruit. I'm sure they're trying to figure it out, obviously, as we're probably speaking, but. Everyone is, yeah. Yeah, like, there's a lot of, like, 16, 17, 18-year-olds in, you know, all sports yeah. That it's just a fucking, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, some of the guys last year, I heard some stories, you know, and I was really worried for them. And I reached out to a lot of teams and I was trying to help help these guys because they were now 18, which they would normally, so they would normally graduate to a bigger team, you know, and the European teams didn't know what to do. The American teams didn't know what was going was gonna to happen either, of which there are not that many American teams actually, you know, and so, but the Euros were just like, well, we could just take one of our own and not really worry about it. And they're like, holy shit, like you're just leaving talent on the table. Yeah. Sure. And I was, as you were saying that, I was thinking like colleges probably do the same thing. They're doing the same. They're going to be like, well, instead of trying to find the next new star, we'll just stick with what we got yep. until it gets different and go from there yeah. or whatever it is. But, yeah. and it's going to leave a lot of kids in limbo. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. the end, it's a, like, it needs to, on all counts, colleges, whatever, it, it is a business format. Right. Like, unless money is being made, nothing can be reinvested. And if there's no show to go to, no series to sign up for, no winnings, like all of that stuff goes away. There's no commerce around it. Therefore, all of the required employees, i.e. racers and athletes, that goes away. Um, sorry, it's you're non-essential. <laughs> yeah. To right? some degree. It's just because you can't, like... But for the colleges, 
ex- football college is extremely essential because Big Ten sure. originally canceled oh, yeah. the season. All of a sudden, they were like, oh, shit, we're leaving billions of dollars out Exactly. There. And they're like, oh, play football again. Everything will be fine. Right. Yeah. Oh, now it's actually worth the risk right. because there's billions of dollars on the planet, on the, on the plate, which shows you like what's essential and not essential is like my job is essential because my livelihood is essential. Right. My, my racing career is essential because that's how I'm going to make right. a living. And therefore, you kind of got to figure it out. Um, sadly, there's yeah. really no fucking information on how to do that. No, especially right now, because everything, all the information you think is just, just conflicted all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like you say when somebody says something, the government says something one day and then next week it's a new thing. And then yeah. in, in Belgium, they're saying one thing and Netherlands are saying another. And you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's a nightmare. And there's no clear messaging about any of this, which is understandable also because, OK, the virus and everything that's happening is what, six months, seven yeah. months old. Yeah. So we're learning as we go. Sure. Only the bats know exactly what's going on. <laughs> The you pang- know, pangolins. <laughs> I guess pangolins are out of it. They're for sure. Oh, are they free? Oh, are they? They're off the hook. I thought. I. I don't. I never heard. They got left off the team. It's. They're. N- <laughs> I, just I think we need Trump- a diverse selection of disease-causing animals thrown into the pool, and pangolins on there. Bats I just there. figured Trump kept saying penguins, and they're like, okay, let's just stop using this animal. We'll just say <laughs> just bats from now it's on. It's that Queen's accent. See, I knew yeah. what he was saying because I'm from Queens. <laughs> I knew what he was saying. But, yeah. So you agree with the Yosemite thing? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Oh, oh man, man. Yes, I must have missed that week. Fuck. So that was Monday. <laughs> that was, yes. uh, it was something. I, it's a it's a really tricky area, especially if you have like a nuanced job like you had, and it gets put on the line. It's like, where do you go from here? Well, and especially yeah. if you have a job. I mean, somebody's not going to be happy. Somebody's not going to make sure. the team. Some kids' parents are not going to be happy, and then yeah. they're going to make a stink about it especially when they don't fully understand the process oh, i got yeah i got that message sent to me directly on instagram and the, this person who hid behind an anonymous name and said oh i guess you selecting from these t- two teams have finally come to roost and you enjoy unemployed life or something and it was like you fucker and i was like oh wow oh uh, yeah somebody like, harboring i understand that people get yeah i mean they're they're upset and this athlete that posted um you know, he did say he's like, this is, you know, this is nine years later and it still hurts. And I was like, I told, I understand. There's I like, some shit I, that I haven't like, man, I didn't quite make it. And does it hurt my feelings? No, not really. Cause I understand that I'm not good enough. I mean, and I got, that's a, that's yeah. the thing with this particular athlete. He is very good at, um, a certain type of event, right? Like crit racing. He's very, yeah. he's very good at it. Very right. But there. But that's the last time I looked. Pro, yeah, yeah. That's not. There's no world championship of Criterium racing in, in Europe. And I've also like I've directed at races domestically, and I've seen this athlete not make time cuts in in domestic base uh, races that are easier than the junior nations. Yeah, but, but what you're and talking like about you're not, is like I'm good at juggling, but I didn't get picked for the wrestling squad. Exactly. Like we're talking about two totally different yeah. things. It's like, and dude, that's because everybody grows up now getting picked for fucking everything. So you yeah. don't have any coping mechanisms for not getting picked for shit. There is uh-huh. there is a part of that. I mean, I, I, I agree with you to a certain degree. I think we've had, I think I talked about this the last time I was here. I mean, or maybe we talked about it privately, you mm-hmm. know, and selection is, is fraught with issues. It always is, you know, and, and every parent thinks that their kid especially if you're from Belgium, you think your kid is going to be the next Eddie sure. Marks. Like some of the shit I've seen at some local races in Belgium blow your mind. You know what I mean? And, and but it's no different here than just little league dads. It's the I was going to say, I, same thing. I've probably seen little league parents do shit that'll blow so, your mind. So bike racing parents are, are really similar. Yep. Yeah. And understandably, because they have a child that they want 
they want them to excel. So I totally understand that. And it's like, you know, I'm cognizant of that, but at the same time, I, I can't take one. I, don't, I never had the budget to take every kid to Europe Two, that wouldn't be good to do because it literally cracked the kid in half. You know what I right. mean? Some kids are just not mentally prepared for that <laughs> level of competition. Sure. Cycling in Europe is a lot harder than cycling here. That's just the way it is, which sure. is the reason why we take them to Europe to race. Yeah. I've had really talented athletes wash out of the program. Yeah. Uh, and, and or move up to like 20 years old, 21, and they realized I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You know, but to stake, I, the problem I had with this, you know, if you're thinking that because you didn't go or maybe not necessarily this athlete, but a lot of athletes have said, it's like, oh, you didn't give me a chance as a junior and I never progressed. And I was like, wait a minute, like you had years afterwards to, to get better you like you still had the chance you could have gone to europe you could have oh, done yeah. the pathway it was there still for you and a lot of people come into the pathway at different angles so there's no there's no right or wrong answer it's just it's a those are hard questions to face as yeah. an athlete you know and and i got kicked off a team once and i was like holy shit like what did i do wrong that was my first question you know what i mean i was like oh am i not good enough and i talked to some people and it was like yeah you got to step up like you're not you need to get better mm. i was like oh okay and, but maybe a generational thing, but I've had but conversations you, with athletes. So I was like, Hey, you might want to try this a little bit, you know, but then it's also stuff off the bike. Right. Like, dude, you know, not that I ever said this to kids, but you know, and sometimes your head is like, dude, stop being an asshole. Like you're yeah. being an asshole. It's to hard your to deal with. You're not a yeah. good teammate. Yeah. So what I was talking about it recently with, um, I like auto racing and, and, uh, so there's this American guy that keeps trying to get into F1, but the rumor is behind the scenes, like he's an asshole and he's a right. prima donna. It's like, dude, you have. It's the same in any sport. Yeah. Like you have to be a nice person, you know, and I, that's not, not necessarily why I was selecting certain right. athletes. Obviously I was selecting, but there are times when we put the teams together and you're like, Oh, you're not getting along with anybody. Like there's for, sure. for whatever reason, like this is not going to go well for you. And, but eventually they wash themselves out. I wouldn't remove opportunities for them necessarily. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe they come back again for a second time or maybe even a third time. And then they'll hit the ceiling because they have these expectations that I'm going to do well. And all of a sudden there's like your 60th all the time with, for no fault of your own, uh, just your natural ability. Right. And so you just, you wash out of the sport. Do they stay bitter? Sorry. That's on you, man. Yeah. What's how the, what you, is how the you lyric, respond to that? What does the lyric you? go in the, in the, uh, run the jewels? Don't look at if me. you never get better, then you always stay bitter. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Which is a hundred percent true. And every athlete will hit a ceiling. I mean, oh, we all, sure. everyone in this room knows that, right? Because mm -hmm. we all train people. We've all worked with different oh. varied athletes and every athlete will get better to a certain point. They, I was fucking amazing at baseball and then I turned 16. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was pretty I wasn't good at bad, but I never got any better at sure. it. Sure. And I I've seen really athletes good. peak at 16 in cycling yeah. yeah, because they have a full beard. They're yeah. fully mature. And all of a sudden they turn 17, 18 and they're like, oh, should I actually have to train now? And yeah. everybody else is just hitting the peak they've already yeah. surpassed. Absolutely. And that's, that's an old Belgian thing. The Belgian directors are always like, oh, does he look young? Even when he's like 22, 22 does yeah, he look yeah. young? And I used to laugh at that. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Look at the data. Like, look at the science. Yeah. And now I understand a little bit. It's it's an old wives way to yeah. look at things. But you're like, yeah, he looks young because he's still there's got like baby to fat. And yeah, he's going to yeah. lose a little I, weight. Yeah, I think there's truth to that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing with athletes, right? So we all know this athletes hit a ceiling, but they consistently think next year will be better over and over and over again, right? For years until the point where it's like the body starts to break down or yeah. like injury or anything like no, that. I or can't do it. Yeah. They, you're going to hit a peak no matter what. It's like, you know, VH1, like the story of the band, the band arc, you know, it's yeah, the right. same thing with an athlete, you know, eventually Federer retired. Yeah. 
or well, uh, I mean, is bad, he still bad example? But keep yeah, going. he's still going. Okay, sorry, but I mean that's the thing. Eventually, like, he will retire, or Jordan will retire five times, <laughs> but whatever. But you get to that point, yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. an athlete will always think, "I'm going to do something different this winter. I'm going to do something, especially cyclists. Like the off season is going to be different. I'm going to get." So if you're getting the same results year after year after year after year, thirtieth. 35th and you're kind of in the sport but you're not getting anywhere so i'm basically talking about me at this point like just enough to want to stay in it and you're really passionate about it you have a choice like you could either decide like i still like this and i'm not going to be bitter or like oh i had that i missed that one opportunity as a junior and i was really good and and now like i didn't make it like wait a minute man like you were 18 you could have kept going and you could have tried something different you could have developed and you could have tried these other things like i don't know i don't know what the answers are everyone's pathway is very different sure but man it's super frustrating as a coach when you hear certain comments like that and i would get defensive at times sure you know and I, i would have to justify a lot of my selections and i a lot of kids would come to me or parents and they would say oh you know you should have taken my kid and i always asked them i was like what kid would you have removed from the team that i selected to replace yeah yeah yeah, who should just I, I want to know and it's kind of like I, I like to ask a question when i get an accusation it's like just tell me which kid and yeah. then it's like oh no I, I don't know i don't know and it's like well yeah i've only got yeah, i didn't know six either spots yeah. you know and, and your kid was like right on the and that happens like there are kids right yeah. on the margin and i would watch them and here's the thing that really bummed me out is that a lot of those kids i reached out to teams for them yeah even though they didn't come to Europe with me, or maybe they came once and there just wasn't room on the team because the team may have been phenomenal. Like last yeah. year, the team was so good that it was kind of hard to move some things around. So I'd reach out to other teams and try to put them on teams so they could yeah, continue yeah. to develop, but they don't know that. Right. And I still get yelled at. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of, I think that's one of the things that we do in here. And it doesn't have to do with actually competing, but sometimes it does. But when somebody is developing themselves physically, psychologically, spiritually, any of these things that are all included in sport and competing, a lot of it is having the most accurate mirror in front of you. Mm. And in cycling, data is a huge part of it, but it's not everything. It is not. Like your power output has very little to do with how you read a race and how you interact (laughs) with people. And and, and people like, I put out more. My 20 minute FTP is way better. And you're like, you were talking about like a a fraction of a fraction. And and the same thing could happen in here. Someone could be very, very strong, but I could see weaknesses in their psyche Mm -hmm. and be like, that person's not on the team, quote, quote unquote. Because you can see where they're going to fall apart. We do this all the time. We see people's weaknesses, and they're not quantifiable, but it either qualifies or disqualifies them. So mm. so there's talk now of the uh, talent ID uh, going in the direction of using virtual races. So mm. uh, things like Zwift. Yeah. So they're just going to look at numbers. And right. that tell and so exactly what you're talking about. It's a about. terrible selection. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Especially for like like es- a virtual race. Especially like, for people who I do not have any phenomenal numbers whatsoever, but I can perform on the day above what I can hit because sure. I I like that's just the state my mind is comfortable in is in in a competitive mindset. Yeah. And you can't necessarily like you can learn it, but it's really hard to teach it. So it, it's a it's a tough one. I, I mean, I think it's a feature of somebody being honest with themselves more than anything. People that don't have good psychology in 
competing are usually disillusioned about their own ability because they are they're persuaded and seduced by the numbers. Oh, I can hit this on my best day when I'm feeling my best, when I'm fully fueled. But they ignore the day when they fall apart. And I do the opposite. I'm like, I feel terrible today. What can I do today? That'll inform me what I'm capable of, that I, that I have a bottom line, my bottom line performance. And then for cycling, for me, it eventually... I started to realize, oh man, I have a lot of potential, not pro potential, but definitely cat two, cat one potential where I could probably win a time trial or a mm -hmm. crit race, but that's not where it happens. You don't, you don't, you can't upgrade based off of time trialing. So that one skill that I had would means that like in order to get there, I would have to, you know, commit to road racing, which I'm not good at which means that I would be in a sport based off a thing that I'm not good at. And the time investment wouldn't equal out. I saw my future almost immediately and go, I'm a cat three racer. I could be a very good cat three racer mm -hmm. where I could actually win something. But if I upgrade, I'm not winning anything unless it's a time trial or a crit and no one gives a shit about those. Mm. And so, so well, we like time trials. Sure. In America, certainly. Sure. <laughs> and I, I'm okay with that. I still yeah. raced for a year and a half, two years based on that. Like, I'm not going to try to upgrade. I'm going to try to compete at the level that I'm competitive at. Mm -hmm. And that, that gave me a huge uh, satisfaction of, of identifying myself in a sport. And now I have to do the same thing with jujitsu. Right? I feel like, where's my potential at? Mm -hmm. I don't know yet, but I know I'm here within this category in this weight class. And the only thing that will assess that out is time until I realize, okay, I'm never going to be this kind of person. Like, am I an IBJJF black belt, you know, world champion? Probably not mm -hmm. at age 37 as a blue belt. Like that, you just, right. you run the numbers. But can I still enjoy it and be highly competitive at where I'm at? Absolutely. The disappointment is only, I think, in realizing that your, your self-talk your honesty with yourself is actually dishonesty. And yes. then you are bitter because you actually were unable to be honest with yourself and your own capabilities. There are some cases where that's not true, where somebody got fucked because of politics or somebody got edged out because they didn't. But it's all, it all still has to do with you. If somebody doesn't like you, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're reliant on them for a job or a career or to be put into a team for selection methods, it's your job to be charismatic as much as it is to produce power. Yeah, especially nowadays, I mean, going back to the internet, like mm -hmm. you need to have an internet presence and you want to be able to sell yourself, Yeah, you know, and, and you see where certain athletes are really good at and certain athletes yeah. are not. Certain athletes are actually phenomenal at it and they mm -hmm. get a job because I of it. I am Ted King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ted's all, I, I love Ted. He's awesome. But I mean, he, but he's really, he's very, very savvy. Yeah. Oh, and for it's, sure. And it's, he's, his Instagram feed is really good. Phil Guyman's a really good example. I mean, he was, I think we could probably say, I don't know him. I've only met him once, you know, mm. I don't really know him, but he, I think he got rehired from on Canada because of his, mm. you know, social media presence. Yep. And it's really, really good. But, you know, do you reach as an athlete? Yeah. You reach your potential and then you have to decide you yeah. know, what you're going to do. And at, at 18, 17, 18, like that's a really hard decision to make. If you want to continue with, it. you could be super passionate, but it's like, if you can't produce some of the numbers, but I mean, like you said, like numbers, we, we had tested some athletes last year and, you know, this one athlete was losing his mind because it was VO2 max test, which is just a marker. You sure, just yeah. want to look and they're young and they're developing. And it's like, I take it with everything huge. I take everything like that with a huge grain of salt. Sure. But he's like, I have to get this number. I have to get this number. Oh. And I, you know, so I, I looked at him. I was like, well, you know, we're nowhere near my number. And he looked at me. He's like, what? He's like, dude, I tested 
my VO max is 80.1. Like I broke the record at the lab that I took it at. And yeah. here I am hanging out in Netherlands with you knuckleheads. Like I'm not a millionaire. I didn't yeah. win the tour. Like here I am. Yeah. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, but the VO max. I'm like, no man, it's the race wins that are most important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those, you know? those are the only numbers that matter. <laughs> I love crossing first, a second, finish line. First but my second, LT was, was higher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I'm not breathing as hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you, we started looking at, or I started looking at files and power files and you look at the athlete who expended the least amount of energy. Right? Sure. Cause yeah. that's a clever bike racer. And those are the athletes yeah. you'd really like to develop because they can read, like you said, you can yeah. read a race, you can do these things and they know how to be conservative. They know how to be yeah. very, I mean, Cavendish is a really good example. That guy never tested well. Yeah. Oh no. His power output was terrible yeah, but on the he's, track. But I mean, look at his yeah. results. Oh yeah. So if we go to, to if we go to, um, just virtual mm-hmm. everything, you know, it's like, does the military select snipers from tour of duty? Yeah, probably. Well, okay. Maybe, maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> and it's, it's call of duty. Oh, <laughs> call of duty. Right. Sorry. See, it shows you like how old I am. Yeah. I don't even know. Is that on Sony PlayStation? I don't yeah, even so, know. <laughs> oh, I don't play them. I've never played. It's call a Sony, of duty in my Sony life. Genesis. Sony, Sony, Sony Genesis. I happen to be in the army with a bunch of 18 year olds. So I know oh. a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of strange. I mean, you look at, F1 racing, yeah. they do a lot of simulation, mm-hmm. but it's still, you can't put 4G on your neck. No. No, it's an athletic event. People don't well, re- understand the pressures. Drivers, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I remember one time somebody said to me, because I, like I like to go go-karting, and I'm not very good, but I like go-karting. Mm-hmm. And I did a three-hour endurance event one time with a, like a three-man team. Oh, nice. And then one guy got black flag, so we had a two-man team, and I was doing like, you know, I did an hour stint in a go-kart yeah. on a, you know, half a Your mile track. Fucked. Oh, I was so fucked. Yeah. Was it a shifter cart? No, it was just single speed. Oh, okay. You know, but it's still, yeah. I mean, I was, I, I was exhausted. My hands were exhausted, everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, anybody that says that, you know, drivers aren't athletes, they're morons. Like yeah. I challenge you to come go-kart for 15 minutes and see how uh, it Endurance goes. racing. I mean, it is a thing. It takes a toll on the body, let yeah. alone, like if people don't realize the psychology behind like hitting lines and staying on top the of focus. it. Yeah. The, the focus is, is so intense. Yeah. And to do that for 15 minutes is fucking insane. Yeah. It's like, if you focus on anything for 15 minutes, it's pretty fucked up. And that's, that was the issue always with like a race like Paris-Roubaix. Yeah. And yeah. you take a junior team to Roubaix and you'd sit there, we'd recon and, and we'd sit and we'd talk and I'd say, you cannot lose focus for one moment in this bike race because yeah. it will be over. And it, it happened one year, a couple of years ago, there's this weird lull with, we go into this town and the road opens up and it's, I think it's before, it's maybe like after sector eight or something like that. And, um, eight, well, there's like eight to go cause it counts mm-hmm. down and, um, everyone feeds. And so like one, one team called the car up and then they started feeding and then everyone started feeding and four guys slipped away. And by the time I was car 13 and by the time I got up to feed my guys and I was like, you need to chase it's it's like, it's over. And what are you talking about? I was like, there's four guys up the road and they had no idea. Oh no shit. And I was like, Oh, and then it was like 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, minute over game was over. I was like, Oh, well there it went. I mean, (laughs) so I'm going to put the, I'm going to frame this probably it might hurt a little bit, but as you think about how, how, you this last summer has gone for you and granted it was it was highly influenced by the political climate by social unrest by COVID 19 by essential workers yada 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 you find yourself in a place where you can't do the thing that you really wanted to do mm-hmm. do you feel like you just got selected for <laughs> and that you just didn't realize what the selection method was like 
that the potential for you to keep your job or progress with your job was not understanding that the selection method actually turned and public opinion became the selection method as opposed to you thought it was all performance like if i if i develop like these athletes and they do really well and i have the these good like successes and show development in in my squad then i get to keep my job and in reality it was like oh shit uh, i i missed this part of the of the exam like i didn't see it coming yeah yeah i would agree with that i think that um if i had been told don't use social media uh it's gonna affect your work yeah. i would have just canceled everything and yeah. not done it because it wasn't necessary so much as just kind of an outlet i suppose yeah. but yeah i think it shifted a little bit underneath me and it's yeah it's been painful it's been really painful because it's yeah, the, I had a lot of athletes and people reach out to me and they're just like, yeah. they don't understand. And uh, like some athletes literally, you know, they called me up and they're like, what are we going to do without you? You know, and I said, sure. well, I don't, it'll, I was like, you'll keep, you know, of course I was like, yeah. you'll keep going, like keep going. Somebody else will come in or whatever. But, you know, would, would I, would I go back again I, in a heartbeat? Mm -hmm. I would, you know, and especially if I was told like, for whatever reason, you know, like you can't do anything. I've been off social media since actually, yeah. you know, and I, I'm, it's been fine. You know, I have still have imagine that. Yeah, it's been like <laughs> the world I have, keeps turning. Yeah, I mean, I have an Inst I have Instagram, and, mm -hmm. and I still I like pictures. I'm a visual person, so yeah. I, you know, I follow photographers now. And, mm -hmm. But I've definitely stepped away from cycling a little bit because yeah. I just haven't really been following. I prefer looking. <laughs> I actually really like pro cycling stats. Yeah, I always have because there's no comment section. You, there's the result, yeah. and there's the time gap. Which is, as a coach, the time gap is the most important. So, like, yeah. you got 60, you know, you got sixth in the bike race, but you were six minutes back. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a huge gap, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I prefer those, just the dry numbers yeah. now. Interesting. But it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a bummer, man. <laughs> this whole thing has been, up. this whole year has been a bummer. I was just it's talking about it with Sam in there, and I'm like, oh, can we just do Christmas now? Like, we're done. Yeah, just get it over with. But, can it end this? but we could probably just skip that, too. But don't <laughs> you think, didn't it get canceled? Probably. Is there a war on Christmas? Well, I know uh, it was, <laughs> Halloween's probably canceled, right? Because that's a lot of people gathering. Like, how do you go knock on somebody's front door? Yeah, my cousin's four-year-old, like, we had to, we broke it to her. Like, there was no trick-or-treating this year. And she looked at us like, but I'm going to be Black can't Widow. can you put, like, your, <laughs> your pillowcase on the end of a six-foot-long stick? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the c candy could be contaminated, but I guess it probably is. But you can disinfect it if you spray it with. Yeah, Lysol. There you, go. you just put a Lysol bomb in the bag. And do you do you think like because I, I saw this in bike racing all the time? Like we would do a winter, you know, a prep, a base building, all that stuff, and then like almost February or March, one of the first races, which is always a terrible experience. You'd have to go to fucking very Arizona. early. Yeah, yeah, like um, mm -hmm. a Valley of the Sun. Valley of the yeah. Sun is fucking amazing race, but mm -hmm. really fucking. You really tell who dialed it in and fixed their shit. Oh, yeah. And the same people almost every year were like on that race, they would perform horribly and they're like, ah, fuck next year. And you're like, what are you talking about? It's like, February. It's the first race of the season. Yeah. Like get, but they already knew. And this is kind of the same thing. I just want 2020 to end. And it's like, no, get your shit together now. Like, yeah. keep doing it now. Don't wait. There's no reset button. A year doesn't mean anything. It's like, as soon as you can realize that there's changes to be made, make them mm -hmm. and then go do the work and come back and show your work. That was fucking uh, Brian Ortega in that fight we watched Friday yeah. night. 
Yeah. Uh, UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, he just he lost to the champ like two years ago, broke his hand. I think he had an orbital fracture. Yeah. He had never had like a true team of coaches coaching him. Just like a gangster off the fucking streets of L.A., I believe. Um, this is the first time he's had like a full team and like spent a year just working on fighting. Uh-huh. And he looked fucking amazing. Yeah, a totally different fighter. Yeah. You know, I think like, it's, yeah, I've definitely, since this whole thing happened, I definitely wallowed. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie. There were some really dark moments. And, you know, you, you think about all these things. And it wasn't until recently somebody, another director from another country reached out to me. They had my, I had to give my work phone back. And they, I had only my personal number. And he found me somehow, you know, via social media. Yeah. He sends me this note. He's like, don't leave cycling. He's like, you have so For much sure. to give. He's like, you are, an, you are an excellent director. You're an excellent. And it was a really nice note to get. Yeah. And it really, then I started reaching out to teams because yeah. I was like, oh, no one's going to touch me because everyone thinks I'm a racist. Everyone sure. thinks that they've heard this story and I'm just so fucked. I, I was going right. to say, what what's actually harder, like being fired from the team or wondering if people are like labeling you a racist? Yes. The, you know, the, the, yeah, that. The because, latter. yeah, because that's not how I operate. Right. I am not like that yeah. at all like i don't i don't select or deselect because of the pigment of anybody's skin it's ridiculous to think mm-hmm. that and i have you know that's not me and so that the, the tarnishing like i was develop cycling development coach of the year twice from the usoc like i got this award you know and it's and all of a sudden now i'm the guy that can't lead people right because of the, this thing that happened and my reputation has been destroyed keegan destroyed and I'm just like, what the fuck happened? You mm-hmm. know, and that's the thing that hurts the most. But until I got this note from this guy, I'm like, okay. And I started reaching out to pro yeah, teams. Good. Whether it happens or not, like, I don't really know. This year is really mm-hmm. weird, but I would work. I want to be in a team. Yeah. I would love to be in a team. And I would love to be in a development team because it's, I'm very passionate about it and I love it. You that know? guy, that guy did something. He just, you just got coached. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the nugget, thing. It's, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the kids would always, they were like, you always dispense this event, you know, this advice, but you never take it in your own. We were going on a three-hour yeah. ride, and I would take, like, one sip of a water bottle. Yeah. And I'm always like, you guys need to hydrate. They're like, you don't drink. I'm like, yeah, I'm old, and I'm a camel. Like, don't yeah, listen yeah. to what I do. Like, I'm really bad at being coached. But, yeah, I got right. coached. And it was it really took this note from out of the blue to yeah. kind of hit me over the head. But well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe I'll just live where you used to live and i'll work for you michael yeah yeah kind of fun. i got some mail to do <laughs> <laughs> i'm really good at shipping you can do first off you can start a non-profit spin when class. you said i'll work for you michael i was gonna say you have work to give people uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm good at shipping or receiving i'm really good at that that's nice. what i've heard yes <laughs> nice yeah you can put it in a resume uh, i'll take into consideration your past discretion oh yeah he's gonna need to know the person that fired you so he can call them because oh, that's uh, and our check next on your thing. references yeah I'm not, I'm not quite sure about that actually i would love to call and be like what do you think and then they would tell me and be like he sounds perfect for the job they're like what do you mean i just bashed him and i'm like yeah i know the worst it can be is that he's gonna make a stupid remark on instagram i've done that <laughs> yeah nice man well it's good to see you back here it's great i'm really you glad guys. you came as too. always yeah, yeah for sure i like salt lake thank you, know. you for the biscotti oh yeah I shared it. <laughs> nice. I just kind in of. case kind of. Bullshit. I only had like seven pieces of biscotti. 
There was like a fucking pack of 30. Oh, okay. Where did it go? You should thank, oh, I don't know. thank Kate. I didn't make it. Oh, well, she's I, amazing. I'm assuming she's going to listen to this because last time she listened to one, she called me a hoarder. <laughs> so I want to make sure she knows I didn't hoard them. I, I think it was Mark that said that you were a hoarder and you didn't share. And uh, yeah, Kate was like, Keegan's a hoarder? I'm like, he is apparently. I didn't know either. I just assumed <laughs> when you said, these are for you, that they were for me. Hoarder. Okay. <laughs> Definitely a hoarder. Nice. Come back anytime. Thank you. Come back to the bikes.